There are many people, many believers, who need deliverance. Deliverance is the children's bread. Deliverance is the casting out of demons. And what demons are are simply a demonic chain, a demonic yoke. The Bible says that the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. In this revival, God is releasing his anointing and delivering his people of all sorts of demonic bondage, addiction, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, depression, infirmities, witchcraft, and so much more. You may have received deliverance, maybe on this program already, or maybe you're in the process of receiving deliverance. There's a very important thing you must know as you're in the process of receiving deliverance and once you've been delivered, and that is you have to maintain your deliverance. It does not just happen automatically. You have to make an effort to keep your freedom. This message today will teach you how to maintain your deliverance. This message is for people who have already been delivered or are in the process of being delivered, or if you've been walking in freedom and abundant life for a while, this message will teach you how to keep doors shut to the enemy so you can continue to walk in freedom and abundant life and go glory to glory. It says in Matthew 12:43, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits, more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. This scripture right here shows us that we have to maintain our deliverance or else a demon and even more will come back. So the meaning of the scripture is that when a demon is cast out, it is not happy. It is looking for a new vessel. But before it looks for a new vessel, it's looking at you. Can it come back quickly? Are you not equipped? Are you not serious and surrendered to God? If so, he can see it's an easy way back and he can bring other demons. So what he's looking for when it says, it says an empty house, what that means is when a demon is cast out, the demon looks to see if that person has filled themselves with the Holy Spirit, whether they have accepted Jesus in their life yet or they haven't. They're looking to see, is this person filled? Now, when you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit immediately comes and lives inside of you. Your spirit becomes one with him. But you are not automatically filled everywhere to overflowing like how God wants it to be the moment you gave your life to Jesus. That's up to you to give God permission to push away your soul, your flesh, your fleshly desires, and allow the Holy Spirit to take over. Someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit is someone who has been transformed by God their words, their actions, their thoughts are godly. And by the way, can Christians who walk in the power of God casting out demons, should they make sure a person has accepted Jesus in their life yet before they cast out a demon? No, not necessarily. Many times, the most people who are receiving deliverance, believe it or not, are actually believers. Yes, Christians can have demons. I covered this in a previous episode, Can Christians Have Demons? You can see it on my YouTube. A demon can't touch the spirit, but it can live in the soul. Like an addiction is clearly a demonic spirit. It is clearly a demonic spirit that's in the soul, in the flesh, that has to be cast out. So believers can live in addiction and, and be trying everything they can do to try to stop the addiction. It doesn't go. It's because it's a demonic spirit in them and they need deliverance, they need that cast out of them. So, most people who are receiving deliverance are actually Christians because God doesn't force himself and to be casting out demons, it needs to be in your territory, in your domain. You can't just go up to anybody and be like, demon, get out of here, because a lot of people want their demons. A lot of people don't want to give them up. And deliverance is the children's bread, the children of God's bread. It's deliverance is part of the inheritance that comes with being a child of God. So you have to at least 
express interest in that you want Jesus to, to do something for you, to have his way in your life, for Jesus to come and deliver. So many times deliverance is happening in a church or in a some sort of revival service where it is known that this is a Christian service, it's a Christian event many times. And so the people coming to those events usually are at least open to Jesus. Now that's all that Jesus wants, to be open. If you see Jesus um, ministering, nobody knew him. He was introducing himself. And what did he do? He didn't say, I need to hear every one of you confess that I'm your Lord and Savior out loud before I cast demons out of you. He didn't do that. He spoke about the kingdom of God. He demonstrated his love through power, which included healing and deliverance. And it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. People have to actually encounter God to experience his kindness. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. So the, people need to experience his power to be able to experience his love, to make them want to surrender, to give their lives to him. So many times when someone's delivered, the experience of being delivered, the experience of going from going bondage to freedom, death to life, agony to overwhelming joy and peace and the tangible touch of God, that is what opens their eyes in the spiritual realm that Jesus loves them and he's so real and he is Lord of all. And yes, I want to give my life to him. So it's very important we don't hold back deliverance from people who in our eyes haven't accepted Jesus as Lord. There are people, by the way, many people who accept Jesus as Lord but aren't fully surrendered. That was me. Okay, I accepted Jesus as Lord, but I never encountered the power of God. When I encountered the power of God, that's what made me want to surrender and give everything. So there are many Christians even that you're ministering to that they're not even, many of them are not even surrendered. And actually the encounter with Jesus, the deliverance is what's going to lead them to surrender because their eyes will open up to God's love like never before. So when someone's coming to church, for example, they've, that shows that they're open. They might not have been, I'm surrendered, Jesus, but they're open. They're basically putting themselves in the territory of Jesus Christ to do something for them in their lives. So that's giving God permission so he can come and deliver. Anybody who is in that church, you know, I can minister to. I don't have to say, wait, before I cast a demon out of you, have you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? No. And then also, it's not just in a church, it could be for you and your domain is whoever is giving you their free will to pray for them. If maybe it's a colleague, a friend, you're having a conversation, they're going through so much depression and you talk about Jesus, how he can free them and they're expressing that they are open and wanting this freedom from Jesus. And so then you can ask them, can I pray for you? Would you like me to pray for you? And if they say yes, okay, that's your domain. So it can happen in that way too. Jesus will do anything for all who come to him. Come, come to him. Not say a religious prayer, but come. So once a demon has been cast out of a person, that person may be just encountering the power of God and they have to make a decision to give their life to Jesus. If they do not, demons will come back. That's a, that's a choice of the person. And we as ministers, we as people casting out demons, have to allow them to make that choice. We have to do our job of showing the power of God, of casting a demon out, and then allow them to decide. Most people will find that Jesus is irresistible when they encounter him in that moment of power, of freedom. And that would be the only thing that would save them, that would make them give their lives to Jesus, was that encounter with his power, the deliverance. And then those who already have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they've received deliverance, they already have Holy Spirit in them, but they have to make the decision to surrender. That's the first step. To maintain deliverance, you need to surrender. Because if you're not surrendering, there's going to be somewhere a foothold to the devil. Surrender means to give your whole life to Jesus, put him in control of it, remove your will, die to your will. And that's a lot, yeah. That includes your dreams, your preferences, everything. But he asks you to give it all to him and allow his will to be done. And so surrender means to give everything, your whole life to Jesus, your will, your dreams, your plans, your, your everything, and to 
obey his commands in the word of God. Do as it says in the word. So the first step to maintaining your, your deliverance is to surrender to Jesus. So once you surrender and then you take action in that surrender, you're living every day in that surrender where you're crucifying your flesh, you're picking up the, your own cross and following Jesus. When your will is becoming so strong, but God says his will is different, you crucify it, you deny it, deny yourself, you deny your will. And number two, daily, you're spending time in the word of God, meditating on it, applying it in your life. As you do these things, this is how the Holy Spirit begins to fill you more and more. Since a demon is looking for an empty house, the opposite of that, the, what makes him not be able to come back is to see it filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is what I'm teaching you, how to fill yourself with the Holy Spirit, how to make the Holy Spirit be filling every part of you to overflow. As you make the decision and every day you remind yourself, I'm surrendered to Jesus, and you live that out, you remind yourself, you live in that, things will come naturally. Like the, naturally the Holy Spirit will be filling you, transforming you more and more and more. Part of the surrender includes a change of your life from what you were doing before. Shutting doors is very important. So shutting open doors, getting rid of the footholds of the devil that you've had in your life. When a person is delivered, many times, okay, if it's a demon of addiction, they have alcohol, drugs in their apartment, cigarettes, because the addiction has taken over. It's, I mean, they've, maybe they've tried to throw away the cigarettes so many times, but they just end up buying it again and again because the demon, a spirit of addiction, is controlling them. It has to just be cast out by the anointing for them to really be free. That's why you hear people, you hear people going to rehab again and again and again, relapse, relapse, relapse. Why? Because yes, you can remove the alcohol and the drugs from them, but that demon, that demonic spirit is still there. It's, it's just dormant. And the moment it gets out of the rehab, it's going to go crazy and say, you need to buy alcohol. You need to buy drugs. You ha I have to have this. But the anointing destroys the yoke. So when you're delivered, that demon is literally cast out, not suppressed, not covered up but cast out completely. And so before when you felt like you would die if you didn't have cigarettes, alcohol every day, now you don't even desire it. There was a woman who went to my, one of my Revivalist Now events that I minister at in Orlando and God delivered her there. This woman had been addicted for about 15 years up to cigarettes, to nicotine. And she went to the Revivalist Now event, believe she was just standing in the crowd. And three days later, she went to smoke a cigarette and it repulsed her. It, it, it was so disgusting to her. Now, if I, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. And if I smoked a cigarette now, and most every, I mean, most people, the first, what I've heard, it tastes disgusting. I mean, I, I can't stand the smell, you know, so I can only imagine like coughing so much, oh, gross. And I know what I know about how it can cause cancer and how it's so bad for you and destroys your lungs and all that. And, it's, and it brings an addiction, so that just is disgusting to me, right? So she literally became like, like me, who had never smoked cigarettes, like in other words, completely free. In that moment, she literally, the, the demon was completely gone, so she became a completely free person, as if she had never smoked cigarettes in that moment, as her body was just like gross. So once you are set free, oh, it is very important that you shut doors. If you are delivered from cigarette addiction, from alcohol addiction, the moment you get home from that deliverance, from that service, you need to go and throw away everything. Take it out of your house. Don't even put it in the trash in your house. Get rid of everything. This is very important because the devil's a liar and he gets really mad that you're free. And so there's a scheme he has where he can come with lies to you saying like, come on, just drink, drink some more. Come on, just take a drink. Come on, just take a smoke. And you can be totally free and it's not a control anymore. But 
there can be a voice that could be a temptation. Before you were controlled, it was beyond a temptation and a voice. But now it's just a voice and a temptation. You don't need that. You want to be safe in the spiritual realm. You want to shut every door. So there's no chance of a demon coming back in. So get rid of everything completely. Don't play around with it. Same for porn. If you had a porn addiction, get rid of it all. Get it all off your computer. Don't ever turn to it again. If uh, certain movies, if they were, I mean, if you had like a sex addiction or a porn addiction, and then so you have certain movies in your house, certain like um, sexual graphic movies, get rid of them completely. Also, God could deliver you from a demonic soul tie, which is when you have a relationship that God did not ordain. And whenever you have close relationships, there's, there's, a, tie, there's a connection. In the, there's actually like a tie in the spiritual realm. I mean, in, without thinking spiritually, this is common sense. Like there's this connection. Like if you're with a friend all the time, you're going to miss them when they're gone. There's a literal connection there for that to happen, right? So actually, this in the spiritual realm, there's a tie. Whenever there, there's a, there's literally ties in the spiritual realm, and there's good ties, there's good soul ties, but there are demonic soul ties that make you trapped to a person who isn't surrendered to God, and that can be really dangerous and a way for you to be in bondage. So, for example, if you've had relationships where someone is very controlling. Before you are delivered, you could try with all your might to try to end the relationship, knowing this is God's will, knowing this person's toxic, and being in pain and abuse in that relationship. You can try so hard to end it, but for some reason, you just can't. Well, the for some reason is because there's a demonic soul tie like trapping you. This is why it might be so hard for you to say no to a person, to stand your ground. This is why you don't really care what others think of you. But this person, you feel like you just need to please them. You, you would go crazy if they were mad at you. You care about their opinion so much. This is an indicator you have a soul tie. So when you receive deliverance from that, you're free now. And the beautiful thing is that now there's nothing trapping you from ending the relationship, from saying no, from doing what God is calling you to do. You are free from any control and you, you're free from that spirit of intimidation and control. And you also now have the Holy Spirit to empower you, to strengthen you, to do difficult things, to end relationships that he is calling you to end. But you actually have to do it. Now, remember I said the Holy Spirit's giving you strength to do difficult things. So I'm not saying it's easy. It's not gonna, it's not like it's super easy to have hard conversations, to end relationships. It's probably gonna be very uncomfortable and difficult, but the Holy Spirit will empower you. But you have to make sure that you are not avoiding the uncomfortable situation, but that you take action now that you are free and end the relationship, say no, do whatever it is God's calling you to do. Because if you don't, if you don't do that, you're leaving the door wide open for the demons to come right back in for the demonic soul tie to be formed once again. So to make sure you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to surrender. You need to shut the doors. And number two, you need to have relationship with the Holy Spirit. Looking to Jesus every single day, acknowledging his presence, inviting him in your life, your day to day, speaking to him worshiping him and reading his word these are the main elements of how to, of having a relationship with god prayer which is speaking to god i have an earlier program where i taught on how to pray how to talk to god you can see it on my youtube but simply to pray means to talk to god not something formal out of your reach but simply talking, communicating with your best friend, your father, your Lord, speaking to him throughout your day, inviting him in, not just excluding him to only a 20 minute time when you shut your door, but speaking to him throughout your day. Secondly, worship, to praise God, to worship God through 
many different things through song, could be through dance, through your obedience, through your service to him, through your love to others. This is worship to God. And thirdly, to read the word of God and to not read it as a textbook, but to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you're reading the word of God so that the word really comes alive as it's intended to, as the Holy Spirit breathes on it and speaks to you through his word. Read the word, not just to read it, but to hear God's voice. Meditate on the word. Don't just read it just because you want to get, th get through it, check off your list, feel like you're doing being a good Christian, but really read it to learn to hear from God to grow. Sometimes it can be just one verse you're reading the whole day, but that you've gotten something out of it. You've heard God through it. You've grown through it. He's taught you something through it. Reading the word is such an important part of filling yourself with the Holy Spirit because the word of God has so much power. The word of God is God himself. As it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, was God, is God. So, to put your eyes there, it's, it's making it to come in you. It's making God's truth to come in you. It's making you to be filled with his truth. You're filled with his truth. So when the devil's lies come, they can't stand because the word of God is so much stronger and you've been filled. You've, you've been filled with his word. You know his word. It's a part of you. So it's whenever attacks come, it's immediate, boom, that word of God, the sword of the spirit is ready. You don't have to, oh, I'm so troubled. I, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what's the truth. And then you just easily accept the lies or, oh, I have to go to the word and I don't even know it. But the word has been in you. You know it. And so you're able to be strong with any attack that comes your way. You've been filled. It's like armor around you devil can't come in because you're filled with the word of God. So once you're delivered, um, you may find the devil is attacking you with lies. Um, he's mad that you are set free. It's so important for you to spend time in the word daily. You can start in the gospels, put your eyes there, meditate on it, speak it aloud. And as you do this, you're becoming stronger and stronger and filled more and more, and you're maintaining your deliverance. In Matthew 12, 43, it speaks about how when an impure spirit is cast out of a person, they are looking to see if that person has filled themselves with the Holy Spirit or not. If they have remained empty, not filling themselves with the Holy Spirit, then they can return and return with more demons. It is so important as believers to take it seriously, the maintaining your deliverance, because it doesn't just happen automatically. You have to make the intention to keep your freedom. So what keeps doors shut to demons from coming back is when they see that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So in the previous episode, I was teaching on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And right now I'm gonna teach one more key on how to make sure you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is planting yourself in a church where the power of God is. Psalm 1-3 says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. This scripture speaks of the importance of planting yourself spiritually. It is God's will that we would all be a part of a church, his church. God has a system of nourishing and equipping his children, the body. And that's through his church through the fivefold ministry. In Ephesians 4.11, it says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, 
the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So Jesus, when he ascended to heaven, he poured out his spirit upon all of his children on earth, the Holy Spirit. And when he was pouring out his spirit, he gave gifts. He gave gifts, it says. These gifts in Ephesians 4.11 are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And these gifts are true gifts for the believers, for the body, so that they would not be immature, only taking in milk like babies, spiritual infants, but that instead they would be nurtured, they would be equipped so they could grow and become strong in the spiritual realm. So that instead of being beaten up by the devil, unable to see in the spiritual realm because of no spiritual equipping and feeding, instead of that, we would have the fivefold ministry be the equippers, be the ones imparting anointing, power of God, and helping the believers to grow, helping their eyes to open up in the spiritual realm, feeding them real spiritual food, meat, so that their eyes would be opened, they would be equipped to overcome the devil in all of his schemes, so that they could have victory over the devil every day. God has the system of equipping his people. We don't need to be beaten up by the devil. We can have victory over the devil, but we can't skip the proper equipping, God's way of equipping. And that's the fivefold ministry. It's not God's way of equipping to be leaving out, for example, apostles and prophets. That's not God's way of equipping. God has a way, his perfect way of equipping his people. So when we get in line with God's way, we accept his fivefold ministry, the offices of the fivefold ministry, the apostles and prophets, in addition to the evangelists, pastors, and teachers, then the believers, the body of Christ, would not be malnourished, but would be properly fed and equipped to be strong how God intended it to be. So when it comes to maintaining your deliverance, what's really important is that you become a spiritual person, not a carnal Christian who's only getting milk, but that you are a spiritually mature believer. In order to be spiritually mature, you need to be getting the proper equipping. So where you are planted, the church you're planted in, the ministry you're planted in, it's not to be taken lightly. It's a big deal. It's very important because what's giving you victory over the devil's schemes, the, the big schemes of the devil has when he's trying to come back and try to bring bondage again is is all spiritual it's the battle of the mind it's he's coming with sneaky schemes and you need to be in a place where you can receive teaching that will help you that will really help you anointed teaching prophetic teaching when you are at a real church where the power of god is moving where prophetic anointing is god knows the schemes of the devil, what battles people are going through, and he releases messages based on what he knows his people need to hear. So when you're planted at his true church, where his power is, where the fivefold ministry is embraced, accepted, and is there, then you'll be safe. You'll be in a place where God knows how to feed you through his vessels. Where, he, where he's able to feed you through his vessels, where his vessels are willing, surrendered to go whichever direction he wants to go, to change a sermon last second, for example, if, if he wants to, to speak a prophetic word to help somebody. If you are at a church that doesn't even believe in deliverance, let alone there's not spiritual meat being released, there's a lot of loopholes for the devil to sneak in because you're not being prepared. Part of what is helping you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be equipped, is to be planted in a mystery 
where the power of God is moving. This doesn't have to be in person. This can be online. I'm the pastor of Fivefold Church, and we have thousands of people who are planted at Fivefold Church who live all across the world. They tune in online, and they are literally receiving deliverance, healing, and being fed, being equipped through the teachings several times per week by tuning in online. In the spiritual realm, you don't have to be somewhere physically if you cannot get there physically, if you were far away. It's important for you to follow the Holy Spirit's leading and where he's asking you to really plant yourself. Because as it says in Psalms 1-3, planning is very important if you want to prosper. A person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever they do prospers. If you want to prosper, if you want to be fully equipped, if you want to be strong spiritually, you need to be planted and not just anywhere, but at a church where the power of God is moving, where God has said, I want you planted here. The next key to maintaining your deliverance is to value your deliverance and remember your deliverance. So the moment that you have been set free, there's no denying that you are free. Deliverance looks different. Sometimes a person tangibly feels the bondage leave them. I've heard so many people say, like I can breathe for the first time. It's like the bondage made it so they couldn't get a deep breath. And then the moment they're set free, like, like if I pray for them, I'll see literally like, <sighs> them take this huge breath and it looks like they're breathing for the first time like they never breathed that deep before and they speak this they're like wow I've never been able to breathe like this till now many people also say they feel a huge weight lifted off of them there was one guy who said I feel like I'm gonna have to learn how to walk differently because so much weight was taken off of me I have to learn how to walk being lighter now that spiritual weight had translated into the physical realm that much. Other people, the, the presence of God is so strong, they're weeping, they fall, they, there's this knowing that they have indeed been free. It's not always that way, sometimes a person doesn't feel anything, but they see the change in their life, whether it was immediately or a day or two or three later even, they'll see the addiction's gone, they'll experience the addiction's gone, they'll experience they're able to sleep now when they couldn't sleep to the night before. Um, so whatever, whichever way you've experienced deliverance, there's no denying that it was real deliverance. There's no denying that you once had this issue, you once had this bondage, and now it is gone. You can't deny that. Um, it's very important you memorialize what God has done. Memorialize that deliverance moment, that encounter with God. There's a story in the Bible of how God had Joshua put down stones and memorialize what got the miracles that God had done, how he delivered him and made the sea depart. It's very important you memorialize these massive miracles that Jesus has done for you because doing this is like an insurance that it stays. Like the devil wants so badly to erase it from your memory. Our memories can be faulty. Sometimes we can forget things. And if you don't take intention to make sure you remember exactly how it was when you were delivered, how real it was, how true it was, the devil can be sneaky and try to and, and lie to you and try to steal the memories. Speaking lies in you such as, it didn't really happen, maybe you just imagined it. And as time passes, those could start to be more believable, especially if you are opening up more doors and you're starting to find symptoms come back. You could start to believe any kind of lie of the devil if you allow yourself. So this is why it's an insurance. It's when you've been delivered, you need to memorialize what God has done, write it down, talk about it, talk about it, testify over and over, and thank God continually, regularly for delivering you. Remind yourself what life used to be like. Don't let it become something you're just, it's just normal and you're used to. It is precious, this freedom that you didn't have for so long and now you walk in every day. So truly value it. When you do this, if, and when the devil comes in a sneaky way, as a lie, um, sometimes he'll even bring 
lies of like symptoms back when it's not that you have this bondage again or a sickness again, but sometimes God can allow the devil to lie in a way that's a symptom, lie through a pain. God can allow the devil to do that, to test you, to test your faith, to test if you will do what God's taught you to do, like what I'm sharing with you right now. If you will take it seriously, the commands God's giving you, if you will value what he's giving you so that he can increase you, so that he can give you more abundant life. In Exodus 14, 12, it says, in Exodus 14, 12, the Israelites said, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. So God had done so many extraordinary wonders delivering them from being slaves in Egypt for 400 years. All of these signs and wonders, splitting the Red Sea, and swallowing up their enemies in the sea as they after they passed through. God did such incredible wonders. And but then once they were delivered, they didn't immediately go to the promised land. There was a journey. And in this journey, God was providing them food falling from the sky. And it was sim the similar same food, but it was still miraculous food coming from the sky. And they were free and they were on their way to the promised land. God was, God was good, but they did not value what God had done for them. And they started complaining. They started complaining that the food was boring, was the same. They started complaining that they were still in the wilderness. And they even said it would be better for us to go back and serve the Egyptians than to be here in the wilderness. They obviously did not memorialize what God had done. They had forgotten the miracles that God did, that if he could do those miracles, then he certainly would protect them, would preserve them, would keep them from dying in the wilderness, and definitely had beautiful plans for them to go in that promised land. If they could remember what life was like before and where God had taken to them now. That was its true bondage to freedom. Even though they weren't perfectly at the promised land yet, it's still freedom life now, freedom. But they forgot what bondage really was like. What God had done was true deliverance. And so they, they were wanting to go back, wanting to go back. So this is what happens. This is the sneaky way the devil can try to trick you if you're not valuing the deliverance that God has given you. The next key to maintaining your deliverance is to have faith and speak only life. There's a story in Luke 17 where these lepers, these people with leprosy came to Jesus, asked him to cleanse them, to heal them. And what he did, what Jesus did was he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And the Bible says, and as they went, they were cleansed. So they encountered Jesus, the anointed one. They were in his presence. And when you're in the presence of Jesus, the anointed one, his power, demons have to go, sickness has to go. It, they have to. And so when these people with leprosy were, were in the presence of Jesus, coming to him, desiring him to heal them, they received anointing, the power of God through Jesus. But they didn't see the effects of it in the physical realm yet. It was just in the spiritual realm, but it couldn't be seen in the physical realm that they were healed immediately. But then Jesus said, show yourselves to the priests. And as they walked in faith and obedience and believed, I know that I must be healed and I'm going to see it soon in the physical realm. It's done in the spiritual realm. They, they believed that. They walked in faith and obedience in what Jesus had said. And it says on their way they were healed. So the healing manifested from the spiritual realm to the physical realm as they walked in faith and in obedience. So Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Jesus, he heals people in the same way today, meaning that he heals people differently. Sometimes he heals and delivers people where they will see it manifest in the physical realm immediately. They might feel it, see it sense it, know it, there's a, a evidence. But sometimes when Jesus heals or delivers a person, it's done in the spiritual realm 
but it hasn't yet manifested into the physical realm until maybe an hour later or that night in their sleep or the next day or in the case of this woman who testified, um, who she came to one of our Revivals Now events, she said, three days after I left the event, I went to smoke a cigarette. She'd smoked for about 15 years and my body rejected it. it was, I was repulsed by it. So sometimes it's even could be days later. So this is so important for you to know this because when you have been where the power of God is, even in this TV program now, you are receiving anointing. But you need to believe this, that you are really receiving it. You're really receiving healing and deliverance and that it has happened. It is, it has happened in the spiritual realm. It's done. You are healed. You are free. And then you need to walk in that just like the people with leprosy. So when you leave the place, leave the TV program like here or the church service or, or the online program where the anointing's moving, you need to thank God for your healing and deliverance and walk in faith that it has been done. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me and delivering me. I am healed. I am delivered. I believe. I receive. And I know I will see it manifest into the physical realm soon. It's so important you walk with this faith. This is very important for you to know because one of the sneaky schemes of the devil for people who've been delivered is to come back the day after you were delivered or the next day or a week later, sometime later, and speak to you in your mind and say, you weren't really delivered or you still need deliverance when actually you're really delivered. Some people need layers of deliverance. For some people, it happens over time. But for others, their complete deliverance has come, but the devil can come back sneakily and say, you need more deliverance. You need more deliverance. You're not completely free yet. And when you believe his lies, you can be so used to manifestations that would come before demons inside that the devil can even make these manifestations to, to come back it's the power of your mind. It's a lie. It's not real demons inside, but it's a sneaky way the devil can come back if you really believe his lies. As the Bible says, as a man or woman thinks, so he or she is. As a person thinks, so they are. That's the power of your mind. That's the power of believing in the devil's lies. So it's important for you to be aware of this scheme of the devil I'm sharing with you right now so that if he tries to come back in this way at all, whether he's saying you're not really delivered or it's going to take forever for you to be delivered fully, it's important you reject these lies and you say, I am delivered. I am healed. Thank you, Jesus, for delivering me. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. I receive my complete deliverance. The Bible says that the power of life and death is in your tongue. And Jesus has given you authority over the devil. How you execute your authority is by using the power of life in your tongue to speak. So what you need to do is speak to reject these lies and speak the truth. Declare the truth. Declare the opposite of what the devil is speaking to you. Declare the word of God. Declare by his stripes, I am healed. I am delivered. I know I am delivered and I thank you, Jesus. Keep declaring this because with every declaration, the devil is losing his grip in terms of coming with his lies, coming deep with his lies, where his lies have to be pushed away until they are gone, until you are completely free from these attacks of the enemy on your mind. And there's no, there's no question, there's no lie of the enemy going around anymore questioning your deliverance or not. One of the important keys of maintaining your deliverance is to testify to testify what Jesus has done for you, to testify about your deliverance. It says in Revelation 12, 1, that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They overcame by the word of their testimony, by testifying, by saying, Jesus has done this for me. Literally in the spiritual realm, it's how you overcome the devil's attacks. The devil's attacks of trying to come back and bring bondage again and more bondage 
Too often, people take it too casually what God has done for them. When God delivers you, heals you, it is not enough to just thank him. He needs to get the glory. The way that Jesus gets the full glory for the miracles he's done for your life is when you testify. When you testify, the Bible also says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Meaning that when you testify, it is a spiritual thing taking place. As you testify prophetically in the spiritual realm, other miracles are happening. You, you are prophesying what God has done for you, he will do for others. As you testify in the spiritual realm, it's like if you could see it, it's like a miracle is being sent to other people and they're able to receive it because it's of what you are releasing. When you testify, faith is released to other people. When you testify, the doubts that people had are knocked out. Imagine like in the time of Jesus, there were so many false accusations about him. There were so many lies. The Pharisees, the, the, the main people of God in that day, they were saying Jesus is using the demonic powers to cast out demons. He's using the powers from Beelzebub to cast out demons. The opposite was true. Jesus was using the power of God to cast out demons. And he goes on to say, a kingdom divided against itself can never stand. So the devil would never want to defeat himself. The devil would never want to cast out demons. So that's impossible. There were these lies that were being spread around about Jesus. There were these lies saying that he was a false prophet, saying that he was from the devil. But when we read the Bible, we can clearly see that these are false accusations, that these are lies, because there are words of truth spoken that we can recognize our truth and that quench all the lies. Like we see all of these testimonies in the Bible of people speaking up, of people saying, Jesus did this for me, of people writing down their testimonies. The whole Bible is made up of people who have written down their testimonies of the miracles they received and the miracles that they witnessed. So we have the whole Bible full of testimony after testimony after testimony. And this is how we can take truth in. This is how we can have faith. This is how we can know Jesus is the Son of God. God is faithful. God will always come through for us. He will always provide because of testimonies. This is how the lies of the devil, the false accusations of the Pharisees were squandered. We can read what the Pharisees said and we can clearly see this is a lie. So in the same way today, when you testify, you are literally destroying all of, all of the false accusations about the work of God today. All of the doubts that people had because of gossip and slander going around. You destroy those false accusations. This is how God proves himself. This is how God shows the truth to his people, number one. And number two, as you testify, you are releasing these miracles to other people. You're releasing faith for people to receive so that they can then receive miracles as well. You're, you're announcing, Jesus has delivered me. He's done what I thought was impossible. And as someone hears that, they're not just hearing words. They're intaking in the spirit, faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You get to release faith to people so that they can then receive their miracles as well. Your testimony is so powerful. In the Gospels, when Jesus was gathering his disciples and he was about to minister to the masses, there's a moment before the harvest comes in, before he begins ministering to the masses, when he ministers to a Samaritan woman at the well. And he speaks a prophetic word about her personal life and her eyes open up to his love and that he is the savior, her savior in this moment, the Messiah. And she falls in love with Jesus and she's full of joy and abundant life and just runs and goes and tells everyone she knows about what Jesus had done for her, the miracle he had done, the prophetic word, the love she encountered, a personal word. This word was actually speaking of the fact that she was with many different men. So in that time, especially, it's a very like embarrassing uh, detail of your life to know, but Jesus had shown his love to her by, by showing her that, that he knew her personal life, that he knew what she was going through. And he didn't judge her. He just loved her and showed so much compassion. And so it made her not to be like embarrassed, but it made her just so excited 
for everyone else to be able to encounter this love that she'd encountered so that everyone else could know Jesus. So she unashamedly and boldly went and told everyone she knew what Jesus had just done for her, the miracles she had just received. And the Bible says that so many gave their lives to Jesus that day. So many, so many believed in Jesus and got to receive from him because of the woman's testimony. Literally, because of the woman's testimony, they were saved. They got to encounter God's love. As this woman was going to tell all of these people about Jesus, the Bible says that the disciples then came to Jesus after he had just ministered to her at the well. And there's this interaction with the disciples and, and Jesus says to the disciples, you think that the harvest is a few months from now, but look, I tell you, the harvest is ripe now. This reveals to us that Jesus decided to use the Samaritan woman at the well. He decided to use her, her testimony, her as a vessel to bring in the first harvest. She started the revival with her testimony. Wow, how the power of testimony. God needs your testimony to reach his people. God's moving the same way today. He needs you to speak up. He needs to speak your testimony boldly and unashamedly. Have a heart for them to receive the love, the miracles, salvation, healing, freedom, eternal life, abundant life that you've received. Have a heart for them. How you have a heart for them is to speak up. Don't sit on your testimony. Share it loudly, proudly, boldly. There's so much that your testimony does in the spiritual realm. So much. And many times people feel like, I want to be used by God, but what can I do? I don't have many gifts, maybe they think, or... I don't know if I have the, the words to say or the anointing. One may think that, but God has already given you a lot. Just as he gave that Samaritan woman at the well, day one of her being a believer, she had a lot. And look at the power of her testimony, of what she was given, of when she used it, of when she released it. Look at the power. You can do so much for God's kingdom if you will simply use what's in your hand. God said to Moses, when Moses was asking how will the people believe that God sent him, he said, what's in your hand? Meaning, you think you don't have enough, but I've given you a lot. And what was in his hand was a staff. And then God then said to throw the staff on the ground, it became a snake. And that was meaning like he wanted to, he was telling Moses that show them signs and wonders. I will do signs and wonders through you, through your staff. And they will see, whoa, the power of God is with you. You can perform miracles. God must be with you. So God is saying to you, what's in your hand? Well, I'll tell you the most powerful thing in your hand right now is your testimony. And when you use your testimony, it can just, maybe to you, it just feels like a story. It just feels like you're sharing just your history, a story. But your words become supernatural as soon as you speak your testimony. Just like that staff that Moses had when he threw it on the ground, it became supernatural when you will actually release your testimony, when you will actually use what's in your hand, do something with it, God will put his power on it and do many miracles. He will make revival to spread wildly and many people to receive miracles because of you, just as he did through the Samaritan woman. Many people will be delivered because of you using what's in your hand, just like with Moses. God is waiting to see you use your testimony before he releases more to you. Before he releases more anointing to you, before he entrusts you with more, you have to be faithful with the little, even though it's big, but the little with what he's given you. You have to be faithful. You can't skip it. You can't skip it because it feels uncomfortable to you. You can't skip it because you don't like speaking into a camera or something. You can't skip it because you don't want your, your face to be seen on social media around and spread around. You can't skip the step. You have to be bold, unashamed, and rise up to the occasion. God wants to use you for his glory and your name to be known by what he has done for you, just like the Samaritan woman at the well. That's an honor. That's an honor. Say, yes, Lord, use me and speak up. And all, all that that I just shared, that's, that's the exciting part of your testimony of how you can be used by God and how you can touch his heart. But there's even more. As I mentioned in the very beginning, they overcame. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. 
This becomes a serious moment right now that I'm sharing with you. Serious, meaning when you don't share your testimony, you're literally leaving a door open to the devil. I've been teaching the past two episodes and now the very important keys of how to maintain your deliverance. When you follow all of these keys, no demon can come back and you will stay free and you will walk an abundant life. Absolutely. But you need to take these steps seriously, these keys seriously. And so this instruction of sharing your testimony, you need to take it very seriously. You need to know that truly a door is being left open when you don't share your testimony. There's so much power in your words when you declare, as I mentioned in the previous episode, the devil can try to come back and say you're not free or you need way more deliverance or you're never going to be fully free. He can come with these lies. He could come with these lies. And the, the only way you overcome these, these ways that he comes in these lies is to confess the truth. Is to speak, I am freed. I am delivered. Jesus has set me free. You can't just be confessing this in private. You have to testify publicly what Jesus has done for you. When you testify publicly in the spiritual realm, doors are being shut to the devil so he can't come back, so he can't flood you with lies saying that you aren't really free. So practically how to share your testimony. Well, you should share your testimony in the way that will reach the people the very most. So like at Fivefold Church, if you attend our services in Los Angeles in person, or if you attend one of the services I minister at around the world, the Revival Is Now events, there's an opportunity there for you to share your testimony. We always film testimonies after the services. So do not hesitate, go and share your testimony there because we have a large following. So when that testimony is released, it reaches the most amount of people. So the most amount of people can be saved, healed, and delivered when you share your testimony in that way. And also if you are unable to come in person or you are unable to come for a little while, you can still, you can send your testimonies to Fivefold Church. You could email info at 5fchurch.org. You could email a video testimony. If you do, try to make sure it's under at the most like five minutes or so. Um, and, you, or, and you can also share a written testimony. You could email us as well. And also share your testimony on your personal page. Make a video, record a video. Do as God leads. Maybe he wants you to go live and talk for like an hour about it. And, but also make a shortened testimony, like, like one to five minutes or so, so that people who have short attention spans maybe will still see it. And send that out to your friends. Send that individually and share. I just, God did these miracles for me and I just wanted to share what he did for me. Because if you need miracles, I want to let you know God can do it for you too message your friends, call your friends, just do everything you can to get your testimony out there as much as possible. Follow the example of the Samaritan woman at the well who didn't just tell one or two people, but the Bible says she told so many people, like everyone she possibly could. The last key of how to maintaining her deliverance is to sow into the kingdom of God. First of all, there are certain principles in the Bible that when we follow these principles, this just naturally keeps doors shut to the devil and, and, and helps us to be transformed into God's image. And being generous and giving to the work of God is one of those big principles that every believer should be doing. The Bible talks about bringing your tithe, how you should always bring your tithe into the storehouse or church work of God. And when, when you do that, God says, he will pour out so many blessings upon your lap that there's no room for them. Test him in this. He challenges you, test me. Meaning he really wants you to try it because he really wants to bless you and show you. Giving is how to receive. How to receive supernatural blessings from God. Um, and the tithe is 10%, 10% of what you make as an income. But God does not want us to only give 10%. The Bible says whoever gives sparingly will reap sparingly. And whoever, whoever gives generously will reap generously. So that speaks to us that God wants us to give generously, not just what he requires, what he asks, a 10%, but that we would give from our heart, that we would give, that we would be generous with our giving. Generous, number one, to support the work of God, to advance the kingdom. And generous, number two, towards God, with revelation that when you give to the kingdom of God, you're giving to God himself. So God wants you to be generous towards him, like be giving lots to him, having revelation that when you're giving financially, it means a lot to God, where your 
heart is, your treasure will be there too. So it's true that money is treasure to us because we need it to survive. No matter, even if the money has no hold on you at all, like you need money to survive. You need money to eat. You need money for an apartment, a house, a car. You need it. So therefore, it is a treasure to every person on this earth. So that's why God really wants it. He, he wants your heart to be towards him the most. So he wants you to put your treasure, to put your money to him rather than spending on other, on other things more than him, rather than making priority other things and only just giving him 10%. So your seed is powerful and your seed is part of the, one of the principles of, that when you follow, it keeps the door shut to the devil. For example, when you follow this principle of giving, it is shutting the door to the devil of poverty and lack because you need to sow to be able to reap supernatural financial blessings from God. God wants to be providing for you himself, but in order to receive his provision, his reaping, you need to actually sow into his kingdom. So when you're giving, it shuts the door to the devil of poverty, of lack, and it also shuts the door to the devil of greed. And the Bible says that you cannot love God and love money. So if you are not giving, you are literally opening up a door to the devil to putting money as your idol as what you're worshiping is what you're loving more way more than god so we as believers should be like so um eager and cheerful to give just for that fact in itself that it's automatically shutting the door to the devil for money to have a hold on us greed to have a hold on us money to even be our idol over god so as you're maintaining your, your deliverance, you need to be making sure you're following these principles of God, just general principles in following him, like sowing, like reading the word of God, like worshiping him, like gathering, not neglecting gathering together with other believers, like these general principles. And sowing is one of these general principles that you need to be doing. But I also want to mention that your seeds have power, have have such power. It's not a general thing that when you give to God, it's just like a general blessing upon you. But when you are sowing with intention, you are reaping with that intention. For example, when you sow for specific things, God honors that seed and he makes that seed to turn into fruit. And you see that fruit in your life. So it's good to sow for specific things, that specific prayer requests. It's kind of like saying, um, Lord, you give me these miracles for free and I know you're gonna do it and I have faith, but I wanna give you this because even though it's you give it to me for free, you deserve my thanksgiving through this, this sacrifice. So thank you, Lord, I thank you in advance. It's, it's a powerful, it's the power of faith and sacrificing. It, 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 there's such power to make that miracle come forth through faith, through sacrifice, through sowing. And so when you're sowing with intention, you're reaping what you're sowing for. So once you are delivered, you should sow like thanking God. I thank you, Lord, for delivering me. You did this for free, but I just want to thank you. I want to make a sacrifice to thank you for delivering me, number one. And number two, I want to sow a seed that I would maintain freedom. I want to sow into this power of God that delivered me that the same power of God would come in my life and help me to maintain my deliverance, that I would walk in wisdom and discernment to keep every door shut, and that this anointing that delivered me would also come upon me and protect me from every scheme of the devil to try to come back. There's power when you sow with that intention into the kingdom of God where his power is, where you've been delivered more of God's anointing comes upon you and specifically an anointing of protection and to help you maintain your deliverance and walk in abundant life. So once God's delivered you and every time he's delivered you, it's important to sow, to sow where you've been delivered in thanksgiving and with intention, knowing that more of his anointing is coming upon you to protect you and help you maintain your freedom. I lastly want to say that some of you, you may be on a journey to receive complete deliverance. God might have delivered you from of some things, but he's still in the process of delivering you from more and more. So 
once God has begun to deliver you, it's so important to be patient and humble in your deliverance journey, to be patient in God's perfect timing to bring about the complete deliverance, while at the same time being fully expectant that God is going to completely deliver you immediately because he can do anything and to take the limits off of him rather than being like, well, there's a lot of, I've done so many bad things. It's probably going to take a long time for me to be delivered. You're limiting God when you think that way. It doesn't matter your, how bad your past is. God's mercy and grace is so much greater and he's removing, he's removed all your sins, all your mistakes, and he just wants to deliver you. But be patient with the journey, living with expectation and patience, and be humble. Be open to receive more keys that God wants to release to you to receive your complete deliverance because deliverance is not just um, like a formula that one follows, but it's different for everyone. There are different keys of the kingdom that are needed to unlock every person's complete deliverance. For example, someone key might be to renounce some, a covenant that they, that they spoke. Another person's key might be they've given tons of money to psychics and so to sow into God's kingdom, it's, it's a key that's unlocking their freedom. To, for another person, the key could just be tuning into this program right now where the power of God is and just receiving that anointing upon you. That's the key that just delivers you. It's different for everybody, so it's important that you are humble to receive these spiritual prophetic keys, to receive them however God wants to release them to you, whether it's to you just personally on your own time with Him, through His Word, or through a minister, through an anointed minister who's maybe teaching like I'm teaching now or is praying for you and, and God reveals to them, this is a key, this is a prophetic key for you that will unlock your freedom, that you would be humble to receive it however God wants, God wants to release it, and you would receive it. Hallelujah. I declare right now that complete deliverance is yours, and I speak to every person here in bondage. I break every curse upon your life, every generational curse, and I declare every demonic spirit every spirit holding you back, every spirit tormenting you in the mind, all spirits of depression, anxiety, addiction, night terrors, I command all of them to leave now in Jesus' name. I declare complete freedom to you, complete healing in Jesus' name. And I release this anointing upon you now. Be filled with this anointing. May you grow in wisdom and discernment and may no demon ever come back, I declare. I declare no demon can touch you again. I declare you must maintain your freedom. And I speak this anointing to cover you, and may you be fully protected from every demonic attack. In Jesus' name, amen.